Hello and welcome to a new recording of Doctrine and Doxology. We are still, as we are every week, glad that you are here with us. This is take two for our introduction today because mispronounced words. I said a bad word. It wasn't like <laughs> it, it wasn't, wasn't like a, bad a nasty word. word. It was just you just misspoke. Right. You misspoke. I misspoke. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I am Skylar Spradlin, as far as I know, yes. And And I'm Larry Jones, as far as I know. The best version of yourself. (laughs) I am a version of myself. (laughs) I don't know whether it's better or worse. I do wish people could see us in all of our blundered glory. Well, a good thing about this type of recording is you can take out things that... Don't sound right. <laughs> or just start over. Or just start over. Which we admit. We've, we had to start all over today. Yes. We very rarely do that. Usually it's a one-take kind of thing. That's why it's not very good or polished. That's the excuse we have, right? I mean, if we wanted to pretend, we could probably put out better stuff. We could, we could uh, record for two hours and then chop it all up to where it sounds right. Uh, we need somebody who's more dedicated. Yeah, <laughs> better expert than you or I. That sounds good. We're doing good just to be here sometimes. I'm really glad to be here too. This but is, you are doing good just to be here today. It It is a uh, exciting part of my week to uh, study and prepare is it for the, the best, podcast. The best part of your week? No. I study my heart out for this podcast. Did you? I'm so glad. I've spent years studying for this podcast. Well, you got me beat. I just spent like three days. Well. But (laughs) we're also studying a book. No. No. About the church. So it's almost like double dipping. I thought you were going to say Dr. Grudem's book. I'm not studying Dr. Grudem's book. No, no. I don't know, not because I have anything against it. I'm just in our small group. We're studying a book about the church. Yeah, shout out so to it almost echoes what we're what we're talking about. Yeah, shout out to Nine Marks. Yes, if you have not read their little book, "What Is a Healthy Church" by Mark Dever, you should. I it's, think it's, it's a just good stop one. provoking. Stop Absolutely. provoking. And it lays some things out that we should uh, have laid out. Yeah, it's not exhaustive, but it gets the Christian to think about what the church is. It's definitely spurred a lot of conversation in our small group. Ours too. Good. So we started this discussion on the church last week. Yes, we did. And I don't remember how far we got. I don't either, but there were three three questions Proposed. You need to do some mouth exercises. Grudem. The uh, last question was the purpose of the church. And we did cover that. We covered the purpose of the church? We did. Let me give you what I don't think we did. I think you read them after we hit stop. Because I said... (laughs) I don't think so. I said, I don't know about that. Okay, the purpose of the church. In relation to God, the church's purpose... Man, is you're struggling. to worship Him. So that's a true statement. Our, the purpose of the church is to worship God. Yes. A second purpose of the church. According to Scripture, the church has an obligation to nurture those who are already believers 
and build them up to the maturity in the faith. Okay. You you kind of go along with that too, right? Uh, you should. It's really good. The this evangelistic work. Uh, nope. Number three <laughs> is evangelism and ministry, and this evangelistic work of declaring the gospel. Turn the page. Move the book back over where you can read it. Is the primary ministry that the church has toward the world. Yet accomplishing the word, the work of evangelism is also a ministry of mercy, a ministry that includes, I can't read that word, caring for the poor and needy in the name of the Lord. Sorry, I read that so badly. Can, can we just, can we make it more concise? I would think so, without the uh, interruptions in the middle. Let's let's do let's we're Baptists. We can alliterate. Exalt God, evangelize the world, edify the saints. Whoa. Where's my book? Well, that makes it that makes it pretty easy. Your book would be too little. Too little. That's why. Yeah. It's, You'd be too small. It'd nobody like publishes me. Front it's page and back page. You know. Well. There you go. Here's here's the concept of how to save the world. Front page and back page. The purpose of the church. Is to exalt God, yes. evangelize the world, yes. edify the saints. Yes, it is. And I personally would put it in that order. Okay. Although I think you could argue the bottom two do the top one. Exalt well, they all, they all go yeah. together, right? You evangelize the world, you're exalting God. You edify the saints, you're exalting God in their lives. You evangelize the world, you're edifying the saints by encouraging them, them to evangelize the world yes you exalt god you're edifying the saints because they're setting their eyes on god they go hand in hand very good i'm glad the way you tied those together why i don't know just you're just glad i did it, it. just sounded good well you know it's what i do i guess i can click click out clock out whatever it is i do for the day well there's uh two more questions oh are we not going to expound on any of that we can if you wish don't you think we should Okay, yes. how about evangelism? What about it? Oh, it's found. You did it in uh, one page, you know. Well, I mean, we're you all want me to get evangelism my evangelism and, and accomplish the Great Commission that Christ That's the Great Commission, commanded. right. That's yeah. given to us yeah. as the church, as Christians. But I think it, that that Great Commission is more so given to the church and less to the individual, though I don't want to say the individual has no responsibility in it. And the reason I do that is say well, that's that. That's good because I was thinking the other way. Well, I, I take the the baptized part as an ordinance of the church, yes, not the responsibility or role of the individual. Yes, it is. Now, the in, to baptize? I agree with you. Oh. Now, the individual makes up the church. Yeah. So the individual has the responsibility to share the gospel. Yes. But the commission is given to the church. Okay. I could say, yeah, it had, was given to the church, but I I take it a personal commission. So you, to tell me you personally to share have the to gospel with my neighbors and to share the gospel with, with uh, people I know that need Jesus. I'm pulling it up. You're looking up the scripture? Yep. You can't quote it? Not when I'm arguing. <laughs> we're not arguing we're discussing so you think that you have the personal responsibility 
to go and make disciples of all nations. I have the responsibility to make disciples. Of all nations. Of people that God brings into my pathway. So not of all nations. Of people who God brings into my pathway. So that's not all nations. Do you have the personal responsibility to baptize them? No, I would take them to you and let you do that. Do you have the responsibility to teach them to observe all that the Lord has commanded? All the people in the nations. All, in the all nations. the disciples of all the nations. Just just that person. That's why I'm saying. I, I share the gospel with a person. I also feel like I should follow it up with making a disciple out of that individual. Yeah, I agree. I, it, we're, I'm playing semantics here. I'm just saying I think the Great Commission is given to the church, and it's executed most of the time by individuals. But it's yeah. the responsibility of the church to go to the nations, to baptize, and to teach. And the church is comprised of individuals who do that. Okay, semantics, semantics. I'm just saying <laughs> evangelize the world is the calling of the Great Commission for the church. Yes, and the church does that in various ways. A lot of times we we support a mission organization that goes into the all, to all the world. Uh, I have Sometimes also been trained here recently. Have you? Not to say their names. All the world? No, of the people you and I are thinking of. Oh, I'm not thinking of individuals. I'm just thinking of the cooperative program. Uh, oops, I said a name. No, that's okay. Okay. So an individual. Because some, some churches, uh, they do have individuals that they individually support, and that's all of what they support. Well, we do both. And we do... We do that to some extent, and also we invest in church planting, which is another portion of that Great Commission. Yes. Are we going to talk at all about um, the modern trends of evangelism? Well, we can, brother. Like, what are you talking about? Like, different programs, like the Way of the Master, or... Evangelism explosion or something like that. I th- I think the, I think maybe more so the confusion on how a church evangelizes or or what evangelism is. Okay. I think. So you're saying that sometimes we get hooked into a program and that's the way we have to do it, or. I I well I mean yeah I think that's true. I've said that we've tried door to door evangelism and and that's had moderate success very moderate i i guess i'm saying i think most christians would know that they as the individual and the church as a whole is supposed to be evangelistic yes but they set their aims and standards too low and they think if i just get people in the door i've done my job oh if i invite somebody to church or if we just host this event and people come it was a success that's that's a fact, Jack. And when we're saying evangelism, we're saying, hey, those things are fine as long as they serve the end goal of verbally talking to somebody about the gospel. Sure, and it doesn't God, release God, man, us, Christ response. It doesn't release of our, our responsibility to open someone's eyes to the truth if God puts them in our pathway. Yeah. And... Uh, on the other end of that extreme, 
I think we need to also realize that we're not the one ones who save them. We don't persuade them. Of course not. Or argue them into salvation. God has to open their eyes and their minds and their hearts and right. stir them. Not yeah. us. He has to call us. He has to quicken our hearts. He has to uh, give us the faith to believe and repent. So the command and to... we have to hear the gospel. Yeah. So the command to evangelize is really, really simple. All you have to do is verbalize the gospel. True that. And the rest is up to the Lord. That's it. That's you, I think you've done that your takes job. a load of pressure off of the person trying to share the gospel. Do you think that's also why people don't share the gospel? Because they, they feel like I'm going to do it. They, well, they think I'm going to fail because they equate success as somebody receiving it or accepting it. That's possible. Sometimes yeah. they feel like they're not adequate to bring a person to salvation, and they're not. What do you mean by that? Oh, just because they said, can't save them. Yeah, they can't save them. God saves them. Yeah. So, but all we can do is just share the gospel and tell them how wonderful God is, and then if God has chose them and and stirs their heart and uh, opens their mind, their ears to hear. Uh, yeah, I said something like this on Sunday. Gives them faith. The world doesn't need, you know, the next best politician or the innovator or inventor or whatever else. What the world needs is godly people sharing the gospel. Right, and uh, that's all encompassed, encompassed in love. Yeah. We share the gospel with somebody because we love them and we care for their uh, eternal soul. Eternal soul. Uh, Because the consequence is drastic. Lake of fire forever. That's the consequence of not receiving Christ as Savior. Yeah. And so we we know that consequence. So we we share the good news. Yes, I agree with you. And I'm glad we talked about it because I feel encouraged. Good. Are you uh, thinking that God's talking to your heart and you want to uh, receive him as your Savior? You know how I feel about the talking thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How about edify? What does it mean to edify the saints? Edify. Edify the saints. Edify the saints. I think it's... uh, just top of my head, I would say that would be helping the saints grow in spiritual maturity and become more and more sanctified. Is it First Corinthians 12 where Paul says build up the body? I have no He clue. uses the body metaphor there, that's why I ask. Maybe in Ephesians or something. You're going to go The dig- R something covers it, right? You're going to go digging through the New Testament for that phrase? Starting in Revelation and working backwards. Now, let me just search it on my phone. If you don't have the ESV app on your phone, you're missing out. Yeah. Build. I, I just like uh, paper. Oh, there's a ton of references. First Thessalonians 5.11. Theref- yeah, that's where I was going second. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians 4.12. Equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. So what did you search? Building up? I just searched build up. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14. 
the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the goal there is building up the church, not to focus on the gifts. But anyways, that's what I think of edifying, building up the body. S- yeah. Spiritual well-being, spiritual, spiritual growth. growth. Yeah. How is that done? How is it done? How are you doing the disciplines? Well, that's how you do it individually. Is that how you do well, some of the how you build up the corporate body? Some of the discipline is fellowshipping with other believers in church uh, involvement. And that's where you receive training and direction from the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say service, spiritual gifts. Yeah. Again, going back to the First Corinthians 12 passage. Well, there's the, one of the disciplines is prayer, and you need to be constant prayer with the Lord and asking Him to open His Word so that when you study it, He can uh, open your eyes to His truth and then well, I mean, follows closely by reading His Word. I mean, build up the corporate body, not just your own spiritual well-being. Well, as I grow, maybe they can grow too, especially if I'm teaching them a Sunday school class. Well, or Titus 2, older women... Discipling younger women and older men discipling younger men. Well, sometimes as you go through uh, a church body, like during the fellowship time, when you're just sitting around visiting, uh, you can encourage, you can lift up, you can seek to uh, pray for their needs. Uh, how are you doing? You know, real sincere. Uh, you don't have to. How are you going? How are you getting on? And you don't have to be an expert to do that. Like you don't have to know all of the Bible. To pour into somebody else. Sure. You just got to do it. But I, but I think of service. I mean, that's why we're given spiritual gifts. Again, First Peter chapter 4, serve one another. First Corinthians 12. Serve the, the Lord with gladness. Enter his courts with praise. I can't tell if you're quoting the psalm or the song. That is a song. Uh, Have you sing it? No, First Corinthians okay. 12 is essentially saying... The body is as healthy as its sickest member because each member contributes sure, to the body. Sure. And so you serve one another to take care of the body. You strengthen the weaker link so the chain won't break. Yeah. So we have an obligation to one another in the local church, an obligation, a responsibility, whatever you want to say, to help each other grow spiritually. Overcome sure, doubt, sure. overcome sin, overcome struggles, flourish in the faith. And some of that is being involved in the individual's life to the point that you know their family and what's happening in their family to some extent. And vice and versa. So you them, know how to uh, pray for them. And them you, right? You're sl- yeah. showing them a godly example and things. No, I, uh, my business is my business. No, 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 no. And so is your business, my business. I Yeah. I I find this one to be so crucial and fundamental that when people complain to me about not getting out of church what they want to get out of it, yeah, I don't have a response. I not out of arrogance. I'm just dumbfounded. I don't know where to begin. Yeah, be- because I can the understand. New, the New Testament description of the church is so about. Setting your eyes on Christ and on others, Jesus even says that's the that's the summation of the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, body, all the things. Yep. And love your neighbor as yourself. 
And so when we come to church or we create these church cultures of what the church offers me or what I get out of it or how I feel, I, it's so foreign to the the overarching way that God has set up community in Israel Old Testament and New Testament church. I just don't even know how to, I don't know where to begin to engage that discussion. Of I didn't get anything out of service? Or I'm, I, I'm not going to that church or I'm leaving your church or I didn't like that church because they didn't have anything for this or they didn't have this kind of Bible study or right. we were looking for this and that church didn't have it. The, I don't, or I don't like their music at all. The and, and the idea of, I mean, I get it. I'm not discouraging visiting churches. Yeah. Well, you see, are searching. See, see where you belong. Yeah. But when you put it in these categories of what they ha- what this church offers versus what that church offers, I'm just like, you know, I think the New Testament is so much more about you just committing to a group of people. Yes. You know how often, though, we hear people say, oh, they, they just didn't have this, or they didn't, or they hurt my feelings, or, or this was going bad, or, yeah, just commit. That That's what the New Testament wants you to do. It wants you to go to a church, because they're all broken, yes. and it wants you to commit and be there for the rest of your life and edify those people. Now, there are some churches that I could not commit to. Well, yeah, they deny the gospel. Or that's the that's the second question here. How can we recognize a true church, which is is one that scripturally based, one that worships God only? Well, I don't want to get ahead because I want to answer that question and okay in detail. But you're right. Maybe that's next time. But you're right. There are some churches you can't. There's some churches that do not follow scripture who who say. Certain sins are okay, even though God said, no, they're not. I agree. But there's not as many as the, of those in our neck of the woods as what people claim. I think you're right to some extent, but I think there's more of those in our neck of the woods than we realize. Yeah, I think that's a true statement, too. And if you were to live on the East Coast or West Coast, yeah, that's the numbers would swap. But I just, I just want to look at people, though, and say... Yeah, hey, I I really am sorry that you got your feelings hurt or that you're struggling with your pastor's preaching or that there's not a small group for your age group. I I really am sorry. But have you ever thought that God just designed the church that way for you to commit and help those people grow and let them help you grow? Because that really is the, that's the design. Sure. How glorious to have a a small group or even a church body that has many... uh, uh, not religions, but many uh, gifts, eth- ethnic groups, or, or yeah, our nationalities yeah. in it. Uh, there, at one time, our church was multinational. We had uh, yeah, probably five or six different, and we're a pretty small church, but we had five or six different uh, nations in our church yeah. being represented and worshiping together. I just want to go. I just want to tell worship people, God. don't don't run away when the problems arise commitment and see them through that's that's what your church needs that's what churches need to become healthy they don't need people to leave when things go bad they need people to stick it out sure you know unless like we said earlier they're not preaching the truth they're not teaching from the bible uh yeah those are kind of churches that we don't need to be a part of 
We're about out of time, but I want us to cover the last one that was mentioned there, worshiping God, uh-huh. exalting God. I think that is the chief purpose of yes. the church. And I wish churches would structure their worship services that way. To where God is number one? I think they want that to be the case, but sure. but I think they also try to simultaneously cater it to visitors and seekers and this that yes. or the other. Yes, I agree. Yeah. They, they want it to have an atmosphere or feel this way or do this that m- makes people feel a certain way, happy, welcome, whatever. And those aren't bad desires. But, right. but you know me, I've said for years, when the doors close at the start of the service, then until they open again at the very end, the only person we care about is Christ. Right. I mean, we we are focused exclusively on Jesus, and everything is about Him until the preaching of the Word when He graciously speaks to us through the Scriptures. Yes. Yeah, I, I like to equal that to the Old Testament where God called three or four times a year for a holy convocation where people of all Israel went to one city mm-hmm. to worship God. Yeah. And it was all about him. Yeah. And you couldn't worship anything else. Yeah. You had to be worshiping God. I want people to feel welcome at our church. I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel like it's a safe place to explore th- their beliefs and things. But more than anything, when we come together to worship him one time a week, I, w- I want people to walk away saying, man, that was exclusively fixated on God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, that's my soapbox. We're out of time, man. It's okay. I'm having fun. Me too. I like this discussion today. Was, I know you're. Uh, you got a uh, a church mentality. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah, well, I mean, you have a passion for the church, and that's a good thing for a pastor to have. <laughs> Well, I think that's the way God's designed it. I think the gospel goes from the church. I think uh, spiritual well-being comes from the church. I think it's the church who's been given the keys of the kingdom. I think, you know, all these things. The church is the foretaste of heaven. It is. And when you uh, were going to do uh, It Is Well With My Soul, and I don't know about y'all's church out there, but in our church, we're kind of of in a tight space. And we're kind of facing each other. And when we sing that song, it is glorious. I think it's our church's favorite song. I think it is, too, because people just beller it out. Beller it. Yeah. The rafters shake and uh, st- hearts are stirred. Mine is. Because God's there. Wish everybody could be on the front row at least once. I would like to uh, figure out some way to get people on the back row to just come up here and stand and listen. Like a mosh pit? No, <laughs> no hopping or anything. No punching. But I've, uh, the people on the back, they miss out on the excitement that's happening in, in the front. I heard somebody say a couple of weeks ago, young student, that one of the things that drew them to Trinity was the singing, that the singing of the congregation was loud and powerful. And you know what the reason they gave for that was? Why they thought that was the case? Because the men sang. 
There's a couple of men who are really loud over on my left when we're standing up leading worship. Well, they say there's a couple of ladies that could bellow it out too. But well, the thing was this, and this this was just this individual's comment, but they had never been to churches where they could hear men voices in the congregation. Yeah, and they felt like everybody was just kind of singing, but when they experienced, and I'm not. I don't mean to be comparing us to other churches. Sure, sure. Just saying what they what struck them was they thought we sang louder and better because there were men leading the singing in the congregation. They were singing just as loud as the women, yep. and sometimes some of them louder at certain points. Some and of it, them are singing to the top of their voices, top of their lungs or whatever. And it's great. Yeah, it is. It's great. Even people who can't sing, and we know who they are. It's great. They can I, sing loud. I it doesn't it. matter. I love it. I love it. And it encourages the next person to do the same thing. Sure. And I, we're just in a season where God has blessed us with some great singing, con- yep. congregational yep. singing. And, and uh, I think when we do get to build our new building and we get to set up the auditorium, it needs to be set up in the same kind of thinking. Really small. Well, not really small, but <laughs> facing each other. Yeah. Where we can sing to each other. I think that's a, a yeah. big part of worshiping God. And some songs are vertical where you tell God how wonderful he is, and, and those are wonderful. Uh, but some songs are vertical where, I mean, horizontal, where you uh, tell each other how wonderful God is. Yeah. And all grounded in the Bible. Absolutely. I did hear another person. This is my last thing. I'll be done. Did hear another person say that they promises, didn't promises promises. They didn't learn. They're older later in life. They've they've been around, um, but they have learned recently the great value in singing very biblically saturated songs. Yeah, and by yeah. that they mean songs that try to use biblical language as much as possible. Right. Right. How it's just kind of changed their heart and it's been good. Yeah. All right, I am done. People know how to find us. DoctrineDoxology.com. Do it, do it, do that, it. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Father, we do come to you this uh, afternoon. I thank you for your wonderful love and for the joy that we have because we are your children. That you loved us, that you chose us before the foundation of the world to be yours and that you adopted us into your family you provided the Holy Spirit to empower us to understand your word as we read it and to uh, minister to others. Uh, please help us to be evangelistic as we go through the world. Help us to seek those opportunities of sharing your wonderful love. Guide us in all things. In Jesus' name, amen.